Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, it's October, and that means it's the month of the rosary. So we've already done an episode on the rosary, and I think it went pretty well. Well, actually, it went really well. Um, I got quite a lot of private messages from you guys on Instagram and some emails as well telling me how much that episode changed the way that you look at the rosary and how it encouraged you to pick up that devotion. So that's awesome. Thank you for those messages. It's really helpful. It tells me what's working for you guys, what you're um, needing in, you know, the spiritual, in your spiritual life and your practices. Um, So yeah, please don't be shy to message me or email me. And if you don't know what episode I'm talking about, it's called Meditation in the Rosary. You can go ahead and listen to that. I do encourage you to listen to it um, after you listen to this episode. All right, so back on track. So since October is the month of the rosary, I figured, yeah, what the heck? Let's give the rosary another go, especially since it did so well before. But this time I wanted to delve in a little bit deeper and actually focus on one of the sets of mysteries. So that would be the luminous mysteries to be exact. So I wanna talk about the luminous mysteries and I think it's very appropriate because they are the mysteries of our time. And I'll get into that a little bit later as we go along. So the luminous mysteries, what do we know about them? Well, we know that they are prayed on Thursdays, right? And that they are the only mysteries that focus on Jesus's ministry, whereas most of the other mysteries of the rosary focus on Jesus's passion, death, his resurrection, or his childhood. So what are the five luminous mysteries, or sometimes called the mysteries of light? What are they? So you have Jesus's baptism in the Jordan, the wedding feast at Cana, proclamation of the kingdom, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Eucharist. So do we know when these luminous mysteries came about? And that's kind of a trick question. So let's sort out some of the historical details because some people aren't sure when and how the luminous mysteries came about. So back in the mid 1500s, Pope Pius V established the 15 other mysteries of the rosary, meaning the five joyful, five sorrowful, and five glorious mysteries. Now that doesn't mean that he made them up because the faithful were already praying the rosary at that time. He just kind of made like a public announcement saying that like this is like the standardized way, which really was kind of the standardized way that people were already praying the rosary. Um, And that was, yeah, people had been praying the rosary that way since, gosh, about like the 1200s. And even technically before that, they were praying the rosary, but it wasn't called the rosary. It was the Marian Psalter. And it was a little bit different. And it has evolved over time um, until we got something that was more formalized, like I said, in the mid-1500s. And then the Luminous Mysteries were formally introduced in 2002 by Pope John Paul II. I know, that kind of seems a little weird, right? So we have something from the 1500s and then 2002. So that did shock me, I remember when I found that out, but the thing is in 2002, Pope 
John Paul II, he wrote an apostolic letter titled Rosarium Virginius Mariae, which basically means the Rosary of the Virgin Mary. And in this apostolic letter, he declared a year for the Rosary, and he also introduced the Luminous Mysteries and suggested that the faithful pray them on Thursday. So what does that mean? Does that mean that he made them up? Um, some people think that he did, right? And some people just flat out reject the Luminous Mysteries because they're too new in history. They, they consider them post-Vatican II inventions, and therefore they don't think they're part of church tradition, and so they just reject them. But are people who reject them for that reason or any reason correct? Or are people correct in thinking that JP2 made up these luminous mysteries? So on all accounts, no, they're not correct because here's a little historical context about the luminous mysteries themselves. So in 1978, Pope John Paul II was elected Pope, right? And he had only been Pope for about two weeks when he comes out in this international interview and referring to the rosary, he says, this is my favorite prayer. And that's a big deal in the late 1970s because the rosary kind of like wasn't in vogue at that time. So here we have a pope who just like loves the rosary like crazy. And he's dedicated his pontificate to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so I guess it's understandable um, for people to take that and the pope's apostolic letter and say, yeah, um, we think that he came up with them and he invented them because he's, you know, so Marian and maybe this is something that was part of his private devotion or whatever. But no, he did not come up with the Luminous Mysteries. They were actually from 1957. There's a priest on the island of Malta named George Preca who wrote these five mysteries, which he called the Mysteries of Light. And he called them that because they were inspired by John 8, 12, where Jesus is referred to as the light of the world. So Father John Preca, he was actually canonized in 2001, and that's like one year before John Paul II suggested them to the world. Now, is that a coincidence? I think not. And as one of my professors from grad school would say, there's no such thing as coincidences. There's only providence, right? Anyways, so John Paul II did not make up the Luminous Mysteries, nor are they a post-Vatican II invention, right? Because they come from Father George Preca in 1957. But some people might think, yeah, 1957, yeah, that's a little bit too close to the Second Vatican Council. We still kind of consider them modern. But let's debunk that right now. So Louis de Montfort is from the 17th century, and he is most widely known for his consecration to Jesus through Mary that many Catholics have done, right? And so he's pretty legit. People, you know, really don't have anything bad to say about St. Louis de Montfort. And he actually wrote a book, which was a devotional book about the rosary during his lifetime in which he mentions three of those five luminous mysteries. So yeah, just putting it out there. They're really part of church tradition. They're not new. They're not um, a new invention, right? Now, there's a popular quote by Padre Pio that you might be familiar with where he says that the rosary is the weapon of our times, right? So if you're familiar with that, then you can understand how it's not uncommon for the rosary to be referred to as a weapon or even more specifically as a sword, right? So for instance, Dominicans, like the Dominican order. Now, the church tradition says that St. Dominic was given the rosary by Our Lady herself. And so 
if you've ever seen a Dominican in their habit, you could not miss that they wear this really big, clanking, black um, rosary that hangs from the left side of their belt, right? So think about this. This is exactly the place where a knight would have traditionally sheathed his sword, right? So that's kind of cool, you know, that connection between the sword and the rosary. And it's been part of the church's tradition since forever. Now, if the rosary is a weapon for our times, as Padre Pio says, and the luminous mysteries are the most recent of the modern mysteries, then they must be a modern weapon, right? That makes sense to us. Now, that would make the luminous mysteries a modern weapon, right, for our modern times. So I ask you, what is a modern sword? Hello, it's a lightsaber, right? Even if you do not care at all about Star Wars, you would have made that connection, right? A modern sword is a lightsaber. And isn't it providential that the mysteries of our current times, right, the luminous mysteries, are mysteries of light? Okay, that's just like, I can't even explain how awesome I think that that is. Anyways, so... I didn't make that connection. I wish I did. I wish I was that cool. But it was actually Father Don Calloway. He's an MIC. And I heard him talk one time about the rosary. Well, actually, he was talking about his book called Champions of the Rosary. Anyways, and it totally blew me away. And that has always stuck with me. Every time I pray the Luminous Mysteries, I think of them as the Catholic lightsaber, right? And so how are these Mysteries of Light a weapon for our times? So let's look at each of the five mysteries of light, each of the uh, five luminous mysteries. So the baptism in the Jordan. Today, people are not baptizing their children. Instead, they're letting their children to decide if they want to be baptized or when they want to be baptized. And this is a really big problem. And it's because these unbaptized souls, they should be God's children, right? And you are adopted into God's family during your baptism, but instead they're being left orphans because they're not being baptized, right? And they should be equipped with all the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you get at your baptism so that they are ready to live in our fallen world, but instead they're left defenseless. This is a huge problem, right? The second mystery, the wedding at Cana. This was a wedding that was obviously between a man and a woman, right? No one has ever questioned that fact, right? So, but nowadays, people don't know that marriage is a, a union between a woman and a man who were made in perfect complementarity to image the love of the Trinity, and b, that their love brings forth a third person, a child, right? The third mystery is the proclamation of the kingdom. So, there is one way to the Father, and that way is Jesus. But today, a lot of people deny that, and they think that there are many equally effective ways to the Father. And this is so prevalent that we even have self-proclaiming Christians who actually, in their beliefs, are polytheistic. Or sometimes we have Christians who are mingling their Christianity with these, you know, Eastern um, religions that are, that are false religions, and they're not the same, right? And this is actually very spiritually dangerous. The fourth Luminous mystery is the transfiguration, and here Jesus is transfigured and he's radiating the glory of God, right? So this mystery should call us to conversion, should make us 
want to have that ongoing conversion. And here, what we're shooting for at Clumsy Theosis is to be transformed to radiate the glory of God as men and women who are fully alive. And it was St. Irenaeus who said the glory of God is man fully alive. But people don't really care about that anymore in mainstream culture. Instead, people aren't trying to be holy and saints. They, you know, and celebrate what's good and what's beautiful. Instead, people are celebrating their ugliness or their selfishness or even their shallowness. I mean, hello, have you seen reality TV? Like nine out of ten times. That's what they're promoting, and that's what people themselves are starting to promote, you know, on social media or in their everyday lives and their conversations. And it's just not the spirit of Christianity. It's not the spirit of life. And lastly, the institution of the Eucharist. So it's obvious to us that most non-Catholics don't believe in the true presence in the Eucharist, right? I mean, that's kind of expected. But are you aware of how many Catholics don't believe that the Eucharist is Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity? Like there are even people in your parish who go to Mass, who receive communion, but they don't know who it is that they're receiving. And I can say this because I used to be one of them. When I was younger, I was taught that Holy Communion was a symbol of God's love. And as a child, I took that word symbol very literally, and I carried that teaching with me through my adulthood, right? So there are a number of people who were miseducated, misinformed, and they've just never really searched beyond what they were taught to find the truth, right? And this is insane because they're receiving the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, which is life-changing, which is transformative. And then if they're not aware of that, then they're not able to optimally like embrace that and embrace that transformation, that metanoia, that transformation in the heart and in the soul. This is just ludicrous to me. So when we are praying and meditating the luminous mysteries, we're combating all of that craziness that I just went over, right? With each mystery, we become co-workers with Jesus in his ministry. Because after all, the luminous mysteries are about Jesus in his ministry, right? So for the month of October, challenge yourself to say the rosary daily. And if this is too much for you to bite off, you know, right right away, then just pray it once a week. You know, pray it on Thursdays because Thursdays are the days of the luminous mysteries. And I think we just kind of went over them pretty thoroughly, right? So start there and then work your way up by adding more days to your prayer routine. And I don't know about you, but I find this really exciting, you know, this idea that I'm able to be a co-worker with Jesus and combating the big issues, you know, of our day by reciting the Luminous Mysteries. So let's give thanks to God for his perfect timing and his providence, right? Like the mysteries of light are part of the church's tradition that have been brought back into the light through Pope John Paul II, who's now Saint Pope John Paul II pray for us. So you see how important these mysteries of light are, like how much damage this Catholic lightsaber can do to the enemy. So basically what the Lord is telling us now is that it's time to slay. All right, everyone, follow me on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis. You can private message me there with questions, comments, whatevs. And you can also get my email address from there. But most importantly, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Clumsy Theosis, where all good podcasts are found. Tell your friends, and we can all transform the world by transforming ourselves. Peace out. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.